Well, good morning. It's good to see you. Glad you're with us online, and uh, it's exciting to be a part of this day. We are in the middle of a series called Life on the Brink, and, you know, we've talked about life on the brink with our emotions, with our finances, and uh, with our time, and how we always seem to be on the brink. And, and right now in our uh, crisis in America and in the world, we're looking at ourselves even on the brink even more. Uh, a guy named Henry Blackaby, and many of you have done the Experiencing God series, he talks about the, the knowing and doing the will of God. And part of that, he says, is you're going to come to a crisis of belief. You know, sometimes when you're on the brink, it doesn't mean something bad is happening. It's actually that God has pushed you to the brink, and you have to make a faith step whether you're going to go out there and do it or not. Uh, the the movie uh, Indiana Jones the Last Crusade uh if any of you saw it you may remember that that uh, Harrison Ford and his dad Sean Connery they're looking for the holy grail and uh they come to a cave where the uh grail is going to be in there but there's certain um obstacles that he has to overcome in the midst of of uh finding the holy grail and uh, one of those, as he comes to it, there's a saying that goes with it, and it says this, only a leap from the lion's head will prove his worth. In other words, he's at this point, and he's trying to find the grail. He's up on this lion's head, and it says a leap from the lion's head, but there's this huge crevasse that if he steps off, he's afraid he's going to fall to his death to do that. But he knows it says a leap from the lion's head. So he takes the step, and if you saw the movie, he steps out on a bridge that somehow was a part of the the mountain. We don't know how how it happened. But he stood on there, and it was him taking that step. Now, for all of us, God may bring us to a point in life where he wants us to take a step, and we need to take that step. If, If you have your Bibles, I want you to get your Bibles or your devices and turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and uh, we're going to look at uh, um, what I think was one of the most incredible stories in all of the scriptures in the Old Testament. It's about a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And I want to kind of unpack this uh, today, looking at the times we're in now, but look at it even in a more personal way, how God may be calling you out of your comfort zone to go and follow him and to do what he's asked of you. And then you're on the brink and maybe on the brink of a, a huge breakthrough with the Lord. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to read and stop and we're going to talk about this. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 says this, After this, now, after this, what does that mean? Well, um, Jehoshaphat had had some run-ins with a a family member, Ahab. Uh, He married into King Ahab. I won't go into all that. King Ahab, his wife Jezebel were in Israel, Jehoshaphat's in Judah. They made an alliance, shouldn't have done that. They went through a lot of things, but... After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Midianites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. Let's stop there just a minute. Let me kind of paint a picture of what's going on. First of all, it's King Jehoshaphat. He was the fourth king of Judah. 
he had a, a kingship that was good to the most part, uh, and he was uh, a man that did great things. Jehoshaphat literally means Jehovah has judged. And there's this vast army, literally an exceeding multitude, has come to uh, attack Judah. And Jehoshaphat is the king, and he is here, and they've come beyond the sea. So this vast army has come beyond the sea, and it's coming. It's a little bit like what we're feeling right now with the corona virus. It's not full-blown ahead of us, but there's this vast army kind of coming against us, and that's that's what the, the Scriptures tell us here. Now, this vast army was an exceeding multitude. It was three uh, kingdoms that had come together to come against uh, Judah. And I think about these vast armies. And some of you may have vast armies coming against you. I, I, I don't know what that may be. I know in the times we're in, that vast army may be unemployment that's out there or health issues or uh, somebody really is coming against you or, or we look at the virus. But this vast army coming against Jehoshaphat, number one, it was big enough to overwhelm their army. And so there could be fear there. But it was big enough also that if the word got out, the people could lose heart. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that today is people giving negative reports, people lose heart. But there's one other thing about this vast army. They were big enough to take them out. To, to completely take them out. So he's hearing about this vast army. I thought about uh, the Alamo a little bit. You know, on, on March the 6th, 1836, we, we saw thousands of Mexican troops come to San Antonio to go against the Alamo. About 200 Texans were there. And it was just that multitude, that vast multitude coming against a inferior group of, of numbers. And that is what this would have maybe looked like a a little bit. So this vast army is coming, and Jehoshaphat has an incredible response. He uh, Notice in verse 3 there, it says, first of all, he was alarmed. I love that. I love that the Bible shows people warts and all. I mean, uh, if you're not concerned about the virus and this kind of stuff, you need to be concerned because of what's out there. And sometimes things just raise up an alarm inside of us. And that's what happened to Jehoshaphat. He got alarmed. But, but you know, how you react, and I've said this last week, how you react shows the God that you serve. And Jehoshaphat then went from alarm And his alarm was of the fear of the moment, the fear of the people, the fear he was going to let God down. But he sought the Lord. He sought the sovereign God, the authority, the ultimate authority. He sought the Lord and he declared a fast. We're going to do without to seek out the Lord here. And, uh, you know, some of you may be... um, responding with an alarm today. And uh, part of that alarm, just like Jehoshaphat, we're afraid we're going to make the wrong decision. We're afraid of what people are going to think. We're afraid of that we're going to let God down in the midst of this. But yet, the response of Jehoshaphat is we're going to seek God. We're going to fast and we're going to seek God during this. So, that's how he responded. So, how do the people respond? Well, notice how they responded in verse 4. They came together to seek help from the Lord. They came together. They didn't isolate. 
You know, one of the things about the virus, it's, it's creating an isolation, but we live in such a day, and that's what we're trying to do, is to take our in-person uh, experience and bring it online so that we do not isolate, that we can bring people under a house or get our family together and, and, and get together. And that's how the people responded. And then uh, we see in verse 5, that uh, the next step in what Jehoshaphat did, it says in verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? In other words, are you not the only true God there is? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, you did not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. And he continued just to pray a little bit more here. But I want to I want to draw your attention to this prayer of uh, Jehoshaphat, because if you've got a vast army coming against you, you've got something coming against you. God is pushing you out of your comfort zone. How do you pray? We probably pray just like Jehoshaphat. Number one, he reminds God. Do, do you ever get that? You remind God. God, you are the ultimate authority. There's nothing bigger you, bigger than you. You're greater than all things. You're greater than this virus. You're greater than whatever is facing us. You are greater than this. And, and that's what uh, Jehoshaphat is doing. He's reminding him of how great he is. And then secondly, in verse 7, he's reminding him of his promises to Abraham. And notice what it says, Abraham, your friend. You know, he's, he's really getting personal with God in saying that, listen, God, you made promises to Abraham. You remember your friend. And notice, those are for us as well. And this temple that we have here, you said that if we cry out for you, that you would respond. And, and that is what Jehoshaphat makes this prayer. And he cries out to God. Now, he says, if calamity comes, the sword plague, famine, whatever, we're going to stand here and cry out and you were going to hear us. And so they stood there before the Lord. Now, look at verse 10. Let's go on a little bit farther. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy him. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? And then get this. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all the men of Judah with their wives and children and the little ones stood there before the Lord. Now, get this prayer. God, you're all authority. Remember the promises you've made, especially to your friend Abraham. Remember we're crying out to you in front of this temple. And you said if we'd cry out here, you would hear our prayers. And then he's reminded of the enemy. And then in verse 12, he says this. But Lord, this is the confession of Jehoshaphat. But Lord, we have no power. We, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are going to be on you. Man, that is a great confession. That is an incredible confession, I think, that we need right now in our day. Whatever we're facing, whether it's the virus or whether it's job situations, monetary situations, health issues, whatever it may be, God, 
we do not know what to do, but our eyes are going to be on you. We're going to keep our gaze upon you is what we're going to do. When we don't know what to do, we are going to do that and we're going to stand right here. Now, let's go on with the story a little bit farther. In verse 13, uh, verse 14, God raises up a prophet. And the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, and he goes through all his names. And he stood up in the assembly, and in verse 15 he said this, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. Take your position. And then he says it again in verse 17. He says, take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. And Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehaziel stands up. God has come upon him. He's a prophet. He's giving the word of the Lord. He says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. God is going to be the one that's going to win this battle. I love what he says, though. He says, take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. So the prophet speaks. Do not fear. Do not be discouraged. God is going to fight this. But he says this. Take up your position. Now, here's, here's where I think sometimes we get a little lazy. We, we know God is pushing us or God has brought something against us or God has allowed something to come. And we just sit back and we wring our hands and say, God, I'm crying out to you. Would you do something about this? And, and the Lord is saying, yes, I'm going to fight this battle for you, but I still got something I want you to do. And you need to take up your position. You need to wash your hands. You need to get in an environment of, of cleanliness. You need to take care of, you need to do your part. I'm going to, I'm going to defeat this enemy. But you know, it's other things too. Lord, I've lost my job and, and there's something. Or God, you're calling me to reach out to my neighbor. How do I do that? Well, take your position and see what God is going to do. And that's what he challenges the people right there. Then let's hurry on. Verse 18, we have the response. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They bowed down, and then they heard the word of the Lord, and then they stood up and praised because they knew God had direction for them to go against this vast army. Now, Let me stop here before we finish up the passage. There's three things that Jehoshaphat and the people did that I want to challenge us with today facing our vast army, whatever that vast army. We're thinking about the coronavirus, but other people are thinking the vast army is God has called me to ministry or God has called me to move or God has called me to do this. And I don't know how I'm on the brink. I don't know what to do. Well, this is what Jehoshaphat did. Number one, he prayed. Number two, he heard from the prophet. To me, in our day, I think the prophet is the word of truth that we have. we got to go and see, God, what is your truth? What are you saying here? So they prayed. They sought the prophet. They sought the truth. And then thirdly, they praised. They praised. They, the, the, they praised the Lord even in spite of what was about to happen. They praised the Lord. So they prayed. They sought truth, the prophet. And then they praised. 
maybe the Lord is waiting on you to cry out to him and pray. And maybe you need to seek the truth of God's word. Listen, everything on the Internet is not truth. Uh, you need to hear the truth of what God is saying. And we need to praise him in spite of the situation that we're walking in. And then the results of this battle. Notice what happened. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa and they set out. And, and what they did is uh, um, Jehoshaphat said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army. In other words, what happened was he took the worship leaders first. He put the singers out in front. Probably not what we would do, but that's what God did. And they stuck these out there and they began to sing. And listen, if I'm at the front of the army and I want the enemy to hear me, I'm going to sing loud. And they came and they sang loud and they praised the splendor of God's holiness. But but this is what it says, out at the head of the army. I think this is an important word for us today. We need to go forward. Sometimes when we're facing a crisis or we're facing the Lord pushing us in a certain direction, sometimes we don't go forward, but we have a tendency to go back and to, to woe is me and, and to these kind of things instead of going forward. And the Lord sent the singers out to go forward. And they gave thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And then as a result, you'll see in verse 22, and you can read on through the rest of the chapter, but as they began to sing and praise, the Scripture says that the Lord set ambushes against uh, the people. And uh, and the people started infighting among themselves. So the Am- Ammonites and the Moabites and, and they Meonites, they all come together and they're fighting one another. And they just destroyed one another. And Judah came and for three days they correct, collected the loot that had been left there. So they, they prayed. They sought the truth of the prophet. They praised. They even praised by sending... The singers out first. We're going to declare praise to the Lord. Now, what does this mean for you and me right now? I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I think it's important that we look at a couple of things. And here's some questions that, that just come out of this for me. What might be God asking of you right now that definitely is pushing you? I, I, I mean, God sees more in you than you see in yourself. And He gives you uh, situations that are pushing you beyond where you're at. What might be God asking of you right now? Here's a second thought. Are you willing today to yield and to confess that you are powerless? You don't know what to do, but your eyes are on the Lord. Where are your eyes? You see, I think I think right now, um, most of our world is completely focused on the coronavirus. Now, it's in the media, it's everything that's out there. Maybe the Lord is saying, listen, Christ followers, what are you going to look at right now? What are you going to focus on right now? And uh, are we willing to yield and confess, Lord, we, we just do not know what to do here, 
but our eyes are going to be on you. But, you know, other than the virus, what other things may God be pushing you towards? I remember when when uh, Pam and I stepped out of youth ministry. Youth ministry was my love and my life. I thought we would be doing that the rest of our lives. And then the Lord started pushing us in a direction uh, that we were going to be going into, which was going to be leaving a lot of the amenities, a lot of the good things. Salary was going to be down to nothing. And yet the Lord was pushing us. And, and, and we're thinking, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it, but I know that you are definitely in this. So, Lord, we're going to yield to you and we confess we're powerless. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are going to be on you. And here we are today. Uh, because of that. But, but you know, at the time, man, it is really a stressful thing. So are you willing to yield and confess whatever the Lord is asking of you? And a third thing that I, I see out of this passage for us today is are you taking up your position of prayer, prophecy, and praise? Are you going before the Lord? Are, is prayer a, a, a common thing for you? Are you crying out to God, God, I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want to... I want to serve you. I just want to, God, I need you and pray. And then the, the prophecy. Are you seeking the truth of God? Knowing just like Jehoshaphat, God, you promised Abraham. You made promises to us through Jesus. You promised your Holy Spirit. God, we're going to walk in these truths. And then thirdly, are you willing to come and praise? And uh, these these are difficult days. We We take that very seriously. But you know, if it wasn't the virus... God was still working in each of us individually, pushing us beyond what we think we can do. And um, I, I hear people say all the time, God will never give you more than you can handle. I, I think that's a falsehood. God will always give you more than you can handle so that you will be dependent upon him. Um, channel surfing because of quarantine a little bit. And uh, flipped to the end of a show last night and... Uh, it's not a movie that I would endorse, but I got to quote this part because I happen to find this part. Okay, it was a movie, Liam Neeson movie called Taken. It's about trafficking. With uh, uh, some of you may have seen, it. I don't know, but the end of it is this: his daughter is uh, finally rescued by Liam Neeson, kills a thousand people, and they never wound him one time. It's just truth, and. Uh, and uh, but he finally gets his daughter and he hugs him and she's just hysterical and because and, this is her father. And she says, you came for me. You came for me. And all that Liam Neeson says is, I told you I would. And I, I heard that and I thought, you know, the promises of God, when we cry out to him, he does come. He shows up. Because he is that kind of God. You know, listen, God is victorious. He is on his throne. He did not go to sleep. He did not slumber. And as we cried out, we're going to say, God, you came. And he said, I told you I would. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God that loves and that you are a God of the big Big miracles. Lord, sometimes you're going to push us beyond ourselves. And Lord, we're going to be on the brink and we're not going to know what to do. And you're going to say, take a leap from the lion's mouth. 
And Lord, we're going to have to take that leap and we're going to find You were there all along. Lord, I pray that everybody that's watching today, that, that You have triggered their heart and uh, that we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to seek Your truth and we're going to praise. So Lord, to You be the glory as You speak to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.